Welcome to the Tim Talk Sports Podcast. My name is Tim, and today we're going to be talking about, you guessed it, sports. Specifically the Denver Nuggets. Um, we didn't have anything Rams. You know, the guys are starting to come out of their funk, come out of the haze of the loss, and they're being more active online. You're seeing pictures and stuff like that. Uh, Nico Medved had a tweet. Uh... Lots of, lots of stuff coming from them, but they won't have anything to talk about until football starts in April. Uh, so yeah, so we won't have anything there. Um, baseball, uh, they played two games since last I talked about the team. They weren't very interesting. I think Hampy had a home run, Garrett Hampson. He went Dong City. Uh, Fien had a couple of hits. Um, but they lost both the games, and you know there wasn't a lot, right? So, we're mostly going to be talking about the Nuggets. Before we get into that, I did just record a podcast. I've recorded it a couple days ago, but I just put it up. It's a review for Deep Water on the Tim Talks Movies podcast. It's the worst thing I've ever put on the on the internet. Now, it doesn't mean that we. It's not still funny and entertaining. I laughed when I was editing it, um, but basically. It's me shouting at a movie that was so terrible that I, I didn't understand why it got made. And, um, yeah, I did not fully review it. I did not review it in a way that um, I will review other movies, like like a professional review, um, because it wasn't worth that. It was more worth me trying to be funny, failing a little bit, but trying to be funny and shouting at the inadequacies. Anyways, that's up. I also talked about Phase 1 of the MCU. Check that out. That's in that same podcast. Um, what else do we got? Oh, I've been doing Tim Talks Broncos all last week. Check out all those podcasts. There's lots of good stuff in there. There's stuff on the new signees. There's stuff on on Russell Wilson. There's stuff on the press conferences. There's stuff on the tape. Um, there's a lot of good stuff. And yeah, no, go ahead and check that out. It, it's it's really good. And uh, there's I did several episodes of this podcast last week. Um, most of it's talking about the Nuggets, but there is evergreen stuff. There is stuff about CSU. Um, go check that out. Do me a solid. Also, follow me on Twitter, Tim Talks Pod. It's it's a lot of sports stuff, but it's usually insightful. I also uh, tweet the breaking stuff. I try to be funny. I try to relay positive messages, stuff like that. So check that out. All right, let's get in, into the Nuggets. It's going to be brief, I hope, because, man, what a bad game. Um, it was It was really bad. Every player that was a part of the core rotation was in the minus. Yeah, Sprint Forbes played a little bit during the actual game, but he only played six minutes and he was just in garbage time. Um, they were in my, the minus. Nikola Jokic, like God King Nikola Jokic is a minus 21. So here's the thing. is We can all be really upset and angry about this game. Michael Malone's going to do that anyways. But I think what you really have to look at and realize is that sometimes the balls fall for you. And sometimes they fall for them. Nikola Jokic was 8 of 23 from the floor. We know as avid Nikola Jokic fans that he is never going to put up that low of a shooting percentage. I mean, I guess not never, but it's not likely to happen again. He shot really badly, like 30%. That's not Nikola Jokic. His touch was off, or the rims were fucked, or the ball was overinflated. I don't know, but the ball kept popping out. There was at least Baker's dozen of those 15 missed shots 
were, well, I guess it couldn't have been, but there was there was at least six or seven of the missed shots that went in and came back out. Those all go in. It's a much different game. The approach to the second half is different. Will Barton. Will Barton was big bad. Of, I mean, as as per has been the case, two five from three, which you'll is tolerable. It's really good. It's forty percent that if you shoot that way over the course of the season, then you like that. Three of ten from the floor, though, like missing around the basket. These guys were blocking shots. They were blocking shots. I think that once the team started to miss a lot of shots, which represented opportunity for the Celtics to get out and run, which meant the Nuggets therefore had to get out and run. They lost a lot of momentum. They they lost a lot of energy, too, because the team was getting worn down. They also lost... They got deflated a little bit. I mean, the Celtics could not miss. They shot 19 of 40 from three. Jason Tatum, 6 of 10. You know? They got deflated. Jalen Brown could not be stopped around the edges. I mean, it did not matter who was guarding him. Couldn't, couldn't stop him. Now, I thought the Nuggets had a good strategy coming in. Feeding Nikola Jokic and allow him to draw fouls because that happened. They they were fouling him, and he was going to the line early. I, I mean, he was 6-7. to seven. Most of those probably came in the first quarter. I would I would imagine that most, if not all, of those free throws came... Oh, sorry, that's uh, that's Aaron Gordon. 5-6. of six, That Those certainly all came in the first quarter. So they just didn't go back to that approach. I think that also, they got down. Nikola Jokic had to come back first. He came back a little earlier than you'd think you'd 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 want him to, and you know th- they were down. They were they were getting boat raced. You know they did not have a good second quarter, and it started with the bench. But the starters obviously played their part. I mean, Nikola Jokic is a minus twenty one. He's the MVP of the goddamn league. He's the best player on earth. There there has to be exhaustion. Also, Michael Malone, what the fuck are you doing, man? Thirty three minutes in this game is just crazy to me. It's nuts. Like, they got within 16, so bring in Nikola Jokic. There has to be... So, okay, so we accept the premise that shots fall in different directions, different games, right? Nikola Jokic doesn't shoot 30% from the field very often, 33% from the field very often. The Celtics shoot 34% from three, and they shot 50% tonight. One off from 50%. The Nuggets got... Way more free throws, and it didn't matter. It's the shooting percentage. Now, the three-point shooting percentage was fine. Some of that is boosted, I think. Marcus Howard hit hit a three-pointer. Um, he hit two three-pointers, so it's boosted. But, like, DeMarcus Cousins taking six three-pointers is crazy. It's too much. It's way too much. Is this fatigue? There's certainly fatigue going on. Is this injury? I think that Aaron Gordon is probably hurt. I think that Will Barton is probably hurt. I think Nikola Jokic... The shots just weren't falling. I mean, he, he was doing Nikola Jokic stuff, but the shots just weren't falling. They also are an exceptional team. The Celtics are an exception, exceptional team. They have improved vastly over the last three months. The core concepts that their new head coach has tried to instill are setting in. They are a good basketball team, but that falls in line with the theme that I've been saying. They have The Nuggets have played nothing but terrible basketball teams over the course of the last, well, since since All-Star. Since All-Star, since the break. Also, since February, mostly. That's over. That's done. The Nuggets have a terribly hard schedule coming up. They are going to be facing a brutal schedule. Now, they 
didn't fall behind in the standings because Dallas lost, but they also didn't advance. Minnesota's gaining. They're gaining hard. So let's go over the schedule again. Clippers, Tuesday. Again, again, just they also don't have two consecutive days off in a row until the end of the season. Until between Memphis and the last game of the year, the Lakers. Okay, Clippers at home, Suns at home. Those are both hard games. Chris Paul's not playing. Oh, well, he, that's still a good Suns team. The Clippers have turned it on. They're not as bad as they were before. Although it looks like they've lost three in a row, they've been playing tough opponents. Then you've got Phoenix. Then you've got OKC, who has given the Nuggets trouble this year. You have to capitalize on that game. You have to go to Charlotte and beat them. That's the next game. You have to go to Indiana and beat them. Those are important games. You have to win at home against Minnesota. You have to defeat the Los Angeles Lakers at least one of two times. They're a real bad team. You should beat them twice. San Antonio, probably out at this point. You should beat them. The only scheduled loss, I mean, Memphis is probably a scheduled loss. But these these are these are tough games. You just have to win them. Because the Clippers are tough. The Suns are tough. Oklahoma City is a shitty team, but for some reason they beat the crap out of the Nuggets. The Hornets, they're good. The Pacers, they're not good, but it's on the road. Minnesota, they're going to beat us probably, but we can't let them. We have to take them out. The Lakers, it's the Lakers. LeBron James can pull out 40 at any time, it seems, a series. So, then you got Memphis and San Antonio. They are who they are. The facts are, is that we are getting closer and closer to the end of this season. We are now, with that loss, in the play-in tournament. We are the seventh seed, because... We have tied record with Minnesota, and they have beaten the ever-loving shit out of us this year. The Nuggets are in the play-in game. Now, if you can avoid 8th, maybe you'd rather play Memphis than Golden State. But I think you'd rather be in 5th. I think you'd rather play the Jazz. The fact is that everybody in the West is tough this year. Even the bad teams are good. It's not like the East. The East doesn't have good bad teams. We've got bad, bad teams. They got lingerers. The Wizards, who are flirting with that... No, they're not really. They were really good to start this year. The Nuggets just went and punished them. After a grueling game in Philadelphia. The East has a lot of bad teams. But apparently they've got some good ones too. The Celtics just cooked us. So we've got to prevail. We've got to make it through. Or else, maybe this just isn't the year. Because, honestly, with 10 games left, I don't think you bring Jamal or Michael back. Now that sucks, but I don't think you bring them back. How do you integrate two players of that magnitude in 10 games? I just, you don't. That's the answer to that fucking question. You don't do it. The easier one to do is obviously Michael Porter Jr. He's not a ball-dominant player. He doesn't shake the rotation, except for he bumps Bryn Forbes, right? That's what happens. Bryn has struggled. Austin Rivers has been good. He, he bumps Bryn Forbes. It's like a daisy chain. You can either put him in the starting lineup, which I don't think is a good idea. We can put him in the starting lineup, bump Jeff Green to the reserve unit, and that bumps Brent Forbes, or you just bump Brent Forbes by putting him in the bench. I think you do 10-man rotation. I mean, that's what Malone likes to do. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I, mean, I don't see a lot of other teams doing the 10-man rotation. I see a lot of uh, staggering. I'd be curious to see how often the Celtics tonight were without Tatum or Brown. I mean, I just don't think that there were very many times where both the players were off the court. So that's just a Michael Maloneism. 
this game, I mean, it was it was a it was a boat race. It was over from jump. They just didn't have a, a shot to compete, which which was a shame. Also a shame, you know, and it, it is typical of Colorado sports. And I don't blame the fan base because it's definitely the owner's fault. It's the fault of the franchises, not the not the fans. But man, were there a lot of Celtics fans there. Man. So many Celtics fans. They own that facility tonight. But you can't. I don't think you can blame the fan base. First off, tickets are crazy expensive. Tickets are nuts. Second off, your team is not on television. You aren't spreading the good word of Nikola Jokic and having him on basic cable. Just Xfinity, the largest cable provider in the area. The only one that is actually worth a shit. There is one reasonable streaming product, and I think it's $25 per room. So you have to have a designated Nuggets room, and uh, like if you have multiple... If you have the television in your bedroom and in the kitchen and in the living room and the dining room, whatever the fuck, wherever the fuck you have all your televisions, we have like five, I think. You have to have one specific Nikola Jokic room, is what it is. But that's reason number two. I don't think you can blame the fan base. Reason number three, well, it's a transplant city. You're always going to have a lot of people from out of town, and the team success has not been good enough to warrant transplants to change teams. It's not the team success is not good enough to create fandom of naturalized residents. The last thirty years, sorry, last twenty years, the team success has been good, but you gotta win a title, man. That's that's it. It's the title. I think it's mostly to do with the ticket prices and and the fact that they're not on cable right now because people love the NBA. It is always dominating Twitter. It is always taking over, and I I think that. If your ticket prices weren't asinine and you had an outreach, a way for people to view the product without investing, you would have more people in the arena. It's just like Colorado State. So Colorado State, historically bad drawing, right? They don't draw great. Even like they've been good the last, probably the last eight years, 10 years, whatever it's been. They've been decent. Not not great, but decent. If you, like that, the Mountain has decided to put all of their games for free that aren't on national television, they put those games up for free on their website. So people, even if they can't afford to go to the games, can afford to watch the games for free. Or watch them a part of their basic sports package. Right? Everybody has CBS. Maybe people don't all have CBS Sports, Fox Sports 1, stuff like that, but I would imagine most people do. ESPN Plus costs a little bit extra sometimes. They're an ESPN Plus game, but you get the idea. If a game is easily accessible, fans will access it that way and then say, man, doesn't that look like fun? I want to go be a part of that atmosphere. I don't think it's the right call to blame the fans. I heard people blaming the fans during the Sun series. Don't think it's the right call. It's definitely the fault of the organization that the organization isn't as successful as as we would like for it to be. So, uh, I'm done talking about this game. This game was fucking terrible. Uh, hopefully we can run the Clippers. Hopefully we can get out of this play-in. I, I don't want to be in the play-in. Play-in is a stupid concept. I agree with LeBron on one point. Man, whoever created the play-in should probably get fired. So That's it. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm talking about. Um, haven't had any transactions the last couple of days. It's been a little slow. We did have Trevor Story signed with the Red Sox. I probably should have talked about that up top. I did not blink, to be honest. I was surprised that he signed at a place where he had to play second base. 
That was a little surprising, but um, that seemed like an appropriate dollar value. He had multiple offers in for around that price, and he went to a team. He valued the winning aspect more than positional, so that was obviously really important to him. It doesn't bother me. The second that Nolan Arenado was traded to the St. Louis Cardinals, Trevor's story was not coming back to Denver. Those are facts, you know? I mean, Billy Schmidt should have traded him. But instead, the Chris Bryant signing is a wash. We don't lose a draft pick. I think, I think we probably, we still lose a draft pick, but we have the same number. I think the pick we, we get back from Boston is better than the pick that we lose to, oh, San Francisco. He was traded in the middle of the season, so he didn't have draft pick compensation. Never mind. Wonderful. We still get the draft pick. Um, so yeah, what a world I just went on. What a what a what a ride. It's interesting to see. So, like the Cubs got back like a, a first round pick from a couple years ago for for Chris Bryant. It's it'll be interesting to see ten years from now the longevity of the careers of the player that the Cubs got back for Chris Bryant and the player that the Rockies draft with the draft pick that they acquired from Trevor Story signing with the Red Sox. It'll be interesting. Um, yeah, no, that's that's pretty much it. There's other stuff about the Rockies that I forgot about, but uh, they're not worth really going into. Charlie Blackman is probably going to be the leadoff hitter this year. I've been doing roster models with the team, and uh, spoiler alert, like the team does have the potential to have a big hit stick, right? If you take the best season of each player, most of which occurred last season for the Rockies because they were a young team, but there are a few outliers that obviously did not. But if you take the best season from each player, uh, extrapolate it for 162 games, they would have hit the most home runs, of, or second most home runs of any team last year. Strange, still not the first. The Blue Jays just kicked the shit out of the ball last year, but... Um, yeah, no, like the offense would have been def- decent. But what I'm seeing, though, in the models is, man, with a Charlie Blackman, Sam Hilliard, Chris Bryant outfield and that right side of the infield, defense is going to be bad next year. It's going to be big bad. Connor Joe gets in, it's going to be worse. So we'll see. You know, hopefully the offense um, outproduces the defense, outweighs the defense. It's kind of why I was uh, pulling for a center fielder, but is what it is. They obviously just want to do away with Rymel Tapia because they signed a guy to a giant contract to, to get rid of him. And Charlie's playing right still because Chris Bryant's playing left. And you're not going to have Rymel Tapia play right field. It's crazy. The only place he can play is center field. And I think that, you know, I mean, look, if Sam Hilliard played 162 games last year, he would have had almost 30 home runs. How do you keep him out of the lineup? Now he strikes out a bunch. His on base is low. Talk too much about the the Rockies. We're we're getting out of here. Um, Tim Talks Broncos tomorrow. Tim Talks Movies is up now. I'll tweet about it. It'll be a good time. Check those things out. Tim Talks Sports will be back on Tuesday. Um, Oh, and also the the Broncos schedule for next week. Tim Tim Talks Broncos Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So we're entering a new era, and we're gonna we're gonna keep it good, man. Stoked. Y'all have a good whatever whatever time of day it is for y'all, and. uh, I'll try to do the same. Peace.